0: Start as you mean to go on. Um, yeah. Hmm. How did you
1: feel the last one went? I think it went quite well, actually. Yeah? Um, I've actually got a present for you, mm-hmm. but I haven't wrapped it. Oh, that's all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want you to close your eyes. Oh, man. Okay. I am, I am closing my eyes. Go on, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep them open till so you get it. Uh, no, you have to close your eyes now. Oh, Okay, I'll close them now. Yeah. Okay. Um, bear in mind, you're going to have to describe to... Our listeners, what it is I'm giving you? Okay, so your eyes closed. Yeah. Okay, um, this is for you. Here you go. Oh, I don't like dildos though. <laughs> oh, uh, is this the one I was thinking of? Have you seen it? No. Just, I, you need to describe to yeah, everyone what it is. Um,
0: so it's a Lindsay Lohan film. It's a late era Lindsay Lohan film when she's in full swing with her, well, the, the various uh, problems we talked about last time. Lindsay mm. Lohan uh, is uh, experiencing. I know who killed me and uh, it's
1: about... She's a stripper, isn't she? Um, I that's, can't remember... That's what I'm getting from this cover. <clears throat> because I'll tell you the story of why I have that. I didn't actually buy it, especially for you. Oh, right, okay. Um, but you're <laughs> very welcome to have <laughs> you, it. You heard me say what I said last time. I was like, this is a brilliant opportunity to offload. <laughs> what I actually, well, well, the reason why I've actually got it is because... Do you remember when um, HMV used to do that, like, two DVDs for a tenner, I think it was? Which actually seems really expensive now. Yes. Um, yeah. But they used to do it all the time. And... I just went through a stage of just buying everything, everything because mm-hmm. I just thought, well, something's going to be good at this. Yeah. And I picked up this. I bet I don't know if you realise why. It's <laughs> a very um, seductive picture of Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, on it is the front. actually.
0: Yeah. yeah, she's under a mirror ball and she's not got much clothes
1: on. Yeah, and there was a pole involved. Um, but anyway, I. It's probably the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, okay. I watched it one time. Yeah, yeah. Probably about eight years ago okay and it's probably the worst film i've ever seen in my life see this is interesting uh it's it very much all it really
0: gives you the impression of is that she gets naked a lot and yet it's an 18 rated film and says contains strong
1: bloody horror which is not what i was expecting i think someone kills her and then she comes back to life or That's something it, I've, and I've then heard of this film. she yeah. haunts them because she knows who killed her i see i see hence the title
0: the thing i thought it might be is a film called the canyons which I think I started watching and just couldn't get through it, because it might be even worse than this. But uh, I think that might be one of the last, most recent films she's made, and it's written by Brett Easton Ellis, who wrote American Psycho. Oh, yeah, okay. He's into screenwriting now, and, um, yeah, it got savaged. And um, I'm trying to think of it. It's got loads of porn stars in it, that's it. Like, it's her, and then there's a load of actual porn stars who are just acting in it, which... It's just weird because as soon as it gets going, it's like, oh, she's the she's the best actor in this. <laughs> that is saying something. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for that. I will probably watch that. <laughs> 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 and wish the best for her throughout <laughs> her character and act. I mean, she dies,
1: but you know. yeah. 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 Sort it out, Lindsay. Sort it out. Give Sean trap too. Give Sean a call. Mm. Um, yeah. Cool. How's your week been? What have you been Our up Week's been alright. It's uh, basically been
0: working. And watching films. I watched Lawrence of Arabia the first time the other day. Oh, no, I've actually a, never
1: watched Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah,
0: I just thought film made 60 years ago and it's three and a half hours long. I'm probably not going to watch that. Okay. And uh, I can report it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's okay. It's, it's
1: um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, I had to deal with a dead hamster. Yeah, you had a very um, different week to me. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, me and my ex-girlfriend had this hamster, and uh, she got custody. <laughs> and then I got a phone call uh, a couple of nights ago saying that the hamster was on his way. Uh, and I actually, I actually sat with the hamster dying in my hands. Yeah. That was sad. That, that is was very sad. sad. It was very, sad, very sad the pet dies. Gasping for air. Um, so anyway, I actually set it upon myself to uh, bring... The um, despair that I was in, you know, uh, in losing our boy Artie Fluffkin, who is, by the way, um, I know you know this, but I'm saying it for the benefit of mm. the podcast. Who is the cutest pet in Froom? He's officially, cutest pet in uh, He won the title, mm. uh, Froom Times, titled of official uh, yeah. of uh, cutest pet in Freem last year, and he's actually died whilst in office. He'll never lose it, so really? he'll never lose no. it. He'll, he'll no. never be taken away. He's from one of him. the greats. So I, I really. Uh, like that, that's a really nice thing. But I thought it would be nice to um, to commemorate Artie's passing by writing him a song. And I've always done this thing with like uh, I'd all, I, I quite like taking on like songwriting challenges because it's kind of good to sort of you know um, exercise that muscle mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. For instance, once a an ex girlfriend of mine who had a, a little boy, I think he was like five or six at the time, he asked me if I could. Um, uh, record a cover of Puff the Magic Dragon so I did that really? and it was re- I, like I, th- I think it's pretty good, I've still got it somewhere nice. um, but that was a lot of fun to do mm. um, and I so I thought oh, a, I want to write a song for Artie because that's just a nice thing and also I thought maybe it's like a good little exercise in writing so um, I've written this song and I was going to play it but I think I'll put it on the end of this this yeah, episode yeah. If, that, if that's alright with you Absolutely. Um, and I thought actually maybe this is a good thing we, we could do uh, we could set each other little writing yes, challenges. Absolutely. Um, this like, podcast is actually about writing. That yeah. Week. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if we have mentioned. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. Dude. But yeah, so I, I, ha- I have this this song for Artie, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it at the end, and I think that maybe you know I should set you a challenge. Yes. And you should set do. me a challenge, and we should we should work. You know, we we can end up calling it something. I don't yeah. know. Um. But I don't know what your first challenge should be. I was thinking maybe like a haiku or something like that. <laughs>
0: I can't write poetry, actually. Can you not write poetry? Yeah, I don't think, well, I'm I'm sure I could, but that's not my forte. I'm actually kind of in awe of people who can, because it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I I could probably write songs, but they probably wouldn't be very good. Well, I
1: have a a little think about what it should be. Like a very short story, maybe. Yeah, a very short story about, I don't know, Martin from EastEnders. Martin from EastEnders. Martin Fowler. I will write a story about Martin Fowler. If you want. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: please
1: do. Please write a, a story about Martin Fowler. Yeah. I'll have to gen up on him a bit. Look up his
0: Wikipedia entry and, uh, yeah, remind <laughs> myself of who he is. Sweet. So you got yourself a dog, I hear. I have got a dog, yeah. What's his name? His name is Ringo. Beautiful. How old yeah. is Ringo? Ringo is six months old. Uh, me and my girlfriend got him uh, when he was two months old from a guy in Gillingham. And um, he is really... Mongrelly, he's got like loads of different breeds with him and he's absolutely mental. Um, I've never had a dog before, so I don't really know how to compare it, but I've seen other people's dogs and they
1: don't seem as crazy as he is, so yeah. Well, he's led quite a lot a life, hasn't he, Ringo? He has, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I got chatting to him and um, turned out he'd done a lot of things. He actually, I think he sent something in, and it Was like, I think it was like his online CV or something that he wanted to yeah, play, yeah. I tried to get him not I think, to do that, I think he's, he's trying to get him. a job, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, he sent that in and I. Um, should we like play it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is Ringo's online CV. Uh, this is the first entry, uh, first thing on his um, his life experience.
2: Second of December, nineteen
0: sixty six. Rugby school. You know, I developed a knack for the same namesake sport at some point in my senior years at the school and also made many acquaintances in the future media and financial worlds that the old school ties made sure I could exploit to my advantage. It's quite humbling for a peer of the realm to be reminded which side is bread is buttered on, exceptionally if the butter burned four decades past as hotly as it does now. It helps this analogy if you imagine the bread as a junior week's arse cheeks as well, though I was never one for importing too much into a metaphor. So there you go, that's my dog. <coughs> But it
3: isn't.
1: (laughs) So tonight we've got Charlie Jones West. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting talking to Charlie
0: because. How old is Charlie? Do you know? He's, I think he's about a year younger than me, so like 28, 29 or something. He always seems quite wise beyond his years, I think. Which is why why we bonded initially. Yeah, Yeah. we hit it off pretty quickly,
1: I think.
3: Um, Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: cool. So this is our interview with Charlie Jones West from Sick Ones cheers for coming yeah. thanks for having me guys yeah, it's it's all a right, honor. yeah i did um guest one we do try and do a thing where we ask the guest uh what they'd like us Ooh. to provide them with for the evening whether they want beer so they want Coke. Uh, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. charlie here uh, from hardcore punk band sick ones has
4: chosen skittles Gracefully presented. Do you want
1: to tell us why, why you chose Skittles?
4: Um, I mean, I always originals. joke for Skittles. Yeah, originals are good. I mean, I mean they're all good. Every, every option. What was that I mean. one that was really spicy? Do you remember that? Spiced? What was that about? That was like a Halloween Because yeah. they special. were kind of
0: good, but kind of not. It took yeah. me like a month to eat a pack
4: of uh, Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the diet. The, die <laughs> the spicy <Yeah>. diet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Skittles have always... Even uh, on actual riders, I asked for Skittles in the recording studio. Skills. Nice. Does Go, that, going for a sponsorship,
1: and that, that request gets met quite a lot. Or it has been. It'd be ridiculous yeah. not to.
4: I mean, yeah. How
1: hard is it to find Skittles? I think it's usually skills?
4: always Haribo
1: in. Yeah. in um, I can't Changing rooms. They always think. Or like, MMs. That's M&Ms. Yeah, yeah. MMs and Skittles for, yeah. for sure. Mm, Just nice. easy to eat
0: little round yeah. treats. Was it know. Van Halen who were like, take out this color? But then I heard, like, someone, in, I think it was Joe Rogan interviewed him, and he was like, yeah, what was that about? And, Skittle racist? Well, no, it was like, it was the reason, I can't remember what colour yeah, it was. I know Blue this. or green or something, take them out. And the reason, because everyone sort of went, oh, they're all divas. And yeah. then he was like, no, no, it's so that I can make sure you've read The Rider.
3: Yeah. And so, literally, That's attempt- actually fair
0: play, like, you know. It's a to detail, isn't yeah, it, basically? Yeah.
4: Have yeah. you read The Rider? If you don't read that, you've probably <laughs> fucked our sound up. So, you yeah. know, we won't play here again. There right. are some incredible rider stories, though. I think there may have been a book at sure Space Wolf for a minute. Oh,
1: there may have been. If there was, it would be on that shelf, but I'm not sure. I don't know if I remember a rider. Right. You had much a much bigger library. There was, that, was a, little, yeah, did.
4: a little one. I think it was just literally called Riders, and you'd you know, flick through. Every, every band yeah, under yeah. the sun was included, you know, from. Guns and Roses handmade Italian leather sofa <laughs> to <laughs> Blue 182's jam sandwiches or whatever. <laughs> That's pretty pumping. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well thank you for coming
4: down. No, thanks for it's having me. Uh, I know
1: you've been busy The sick ones. Could you want to tell us what you've been up to? Um,
4: literally just left the recording studio nice. about a week ago and just signed off on the mixes and waiting for the masters. So And this is what you're Fifth EP or fourth This is pieces? just a single. Oh, okay. But this will be our fourth or fifth recording session. It's cool. But yeah. Where are you recording? This was at the Ranch in Southampton. Oh, yeah. Which is a bit of a... Um, a lot of people consider it a uh, pinnacle of the UK alternative scene. Just because right. so many bands have been through there. Okay. And um, yeah, it just... Uh, it's been mentioned to us many times, and we did avoid it for a while. Yeah. But then we thought, why not go in? There was a new engineer there who had some cool ideas, and we thought we'd take a shot and see what came back. Cool. Do you guys demo your stuff before you go in, or if the iPhone demo counts? Yeah, it but that this, counts. This time we did actually demo properly, an actual demo, which was really useful. in the first time we had done that, and I think um, I have a thing with demos. I've whenever I've tried to demo,
1: as in. know more than an iphone recording the recording never quite matches up with the demo yeah so i've stopped doing it and i've just started like i mean it's a bit different because i record myself anyway but it's like i have to just sort of start
4: something and then just build on the demo if that makes sense i like the humble iphone demo
3: yeah it usually
4: captures way i mean assuming it's in a decent position and you haven't like destroyed the microphone yeah yeah. often captures because you just put it on and throw it down don't you yeah, on the floor and then you just do your thing and you're not thinking too much about it Yeah, it just captures the initial energy of the song and for us being like quite a live band that's probably one of the biggest struggles in the recording process sure you're
1: always trying to capture what the live show yeah. sounds like yeah. exactly
4: have you so are you working towards another album did you do an album we've never done an album you, you we've did, like, done like long EP. EPs yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a seven track EP yeah, yeah. which yeah. is for some could be an album but um, yeah, I think I mean the dream is a long, a longer release. Or are you that bothered, really? I mean, EPs are just so powerful at the moment. Yeah, I feel, yeah. Particularly within our genre, because well, the world over actually has a very small, short attention span. Yeah. So uh, an EP can hit them hard, quick. Yeah. Get is the that point pretty common them? then? Do you think, like a lot of other bands, yeah, especially in your definitely, genre. yeah. Um, there are bands that will go in on a, on a record like before they've released anything, yeah. which seems brave to me. Um, but yeah, I think everybody's writing process is probably slightly different.
0: Is it also because, like, if you were tasked with making an album, it would be a different creative process for you than doing an EP? Because an EP is just kind of like short and sharp. And yeah, It's yeah, like, yeah. these are things in my head right now, seven songs, do it. And especially because yeah. I think, are a lot of your songs still like just a couple of minutes or are these all branched out? Yeah, the longest is
4: probably. Just over three minutes. Yeah, but yeah, I guess when you do it, like the album, the idea is to have some semblance of an idea flowing yeah, yeah. throughout. Whereas yeah. I think maybe on an EP you can get away with like yeah. ideas and experimentation. Though I guess you can on some albums.
0: I looked through some of the CDs in my parents' house that I bought when I was like thirteen, and just put them in my cupboard the other day when I was like, I was sort of clearing it out, and it's all these like sort of um, like Linkin Park and new metal stuff. And they had, like, 14, 15-track albums. Mm. And, and, like, most of it is shit.
3: Well, like <laughs> because you it buy like... it for one
0: song, really. And it's like, that's how they used to do it, like, It was like, yeah. you, I mean, another one of these in a year or two's time.
1: True. Right. That's right. true. You're signed of, up now. That's because of the budgets as well, though. Weren't Lincoln, what were Linkin Park on, like, fucking... lots. Well, that's <laughs> the extreme of, example. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, you know, I think... And I think we live in a world of like singles now as well. Mm. Like we live in a yeah. world of songs rather than records, with streaming
4: so. now being absolutely everything. I mean, like videos are probably more important than, yeah. than yeah, albums. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, for so. us, we found that as well. I mean, we've released a track or an EP before, and and it's been relatively well received. But when the video appears, yeah, suddenly like oh, okay. another level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked your video you did,
1: uh, some of it's in the cheese. Yeah. yeah. That was good. It was really yeah. well shot as yeah. well. Yeah, that was great. That
4: was our, uh, our ex-singer, Ben. He used to basically dabble in cinematography and mm. a bit of film production.
3: Cool.
4: And yeah, we just got it got it together. Super DIY. One camera. Yeah, it came out really well. I
3: like
4: it. Yeah, the, I guess that's sort of the crux of everything we've done is a very DIY mm. process from yeah. the, beginning to end from the iPhone demo all the way to the music video she usually just involves the band and maybe one extra person if we need somebody that knows how to take photos or use a camera or you know engineer for us cool who's making your videos now because is Ben still doing stuff with the band he um we don't know actually what is going to happen with the next video. We did think about asking Ben if he wanted to come back in mm-hmm. on one because he definitely has like a, an eye for it. But yeah. yeah, we're just trying to work out which song we're going to do it for yeah. at the moment. As yeah, so waiting for some mixes and masters to come back mm-hmm. should give us an idea. But we've all got concepts. Like yeah, come yeah. to the table like, oh, how about we have a video like this? Or yeah, um, and I think uh, yeah, is, is it, it a democracy or yeah, is someone in yeah. charge? Or it, it is a democracy, I think,, um, but I think I definitely have some sort of leadership role. You're like creative director. Yeah, I like to think that. <laughs> but I'm never going like off and doing anything wild without yeah, okay. asking people, but it's just it's one of those things where like if somebody's hands aren't on the wheel,
1: yeah it's sure, often yeah. just like someone always has to take yeah
4: charge, of yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of things.
1: but that's like
4: I think it's a reluctant, reluctant leadership, often, sure, yeah, okay. Sometimes it's just natural for someone to do that. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's just in their sort of personality that
1: they would be that sort of person,
4: you know. I think sometimes I could be, could step up and like I'm pretty decent in like Crisis and whatnot. When it all goes tits up. But I think as well, just being like the guitarist in a band that used to just be a guitar, drum and vocal, I'm sort of always initiating the first ideas, coming to the table with the first songs or the first basic structure so it sort of just fell into my lap to like steer it or where they thought i might have been having a vision and then everyone else piles in and it becomes the final product
1: so i'm, I'm interested in that so you uh you'll bring something to like band practice like a
4: riff or something yeah. or like yeah yeah and then uh and then we sort of grow uh, so i will probably sit on my own with a guitar and mess around usually very like rhythm based to start with like a few chords progression I like, and are you doing that? Just out of interest, are you doing that
1: plugged in with like distortion and stuff on? Or Sometimes, you, okay. Because I'm always interested in that as well, like heavy
4: bands. Yeah, whether
1: they write I, you know, How an acoustic, do you mess around? Like, you know, it's so exactly. I, d- yeah. I
4: debate this myself all the time because I'm wondering whether the songs would be better if I did start on an acoustic guitar and then work my way further and further towards... But some stuff's going to just sound wrong. Yeah. (laughs) That could be quite cool, you know. I Um, think the newer stuff would work better. Right. uh, or, Or has the potential to work with an acoustic guitar. But the older stuff, I mean, it was just sort of, like, so frantic, so, like, yeah, just... It it's producing noise. It was yeah. Yeah, distortion, yeah. sort of incarnate, really. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's distortion so much of its personality yeah. that it yeah, can't... Yeah. You know. But now that's sort of rolling back, at least um, it's not flooding an entire track now. There are no sure. elements of Ned. Yeah,
1: And you got bass now.
4: We do have a bass now. Was
1: that uh, you know, was that a decision taken lightly? Because I sort of like felt like... You were always trying to kind of certainly on those first couple of EPs, you know. I don't think you did have bass, and you were sort of filling the gap pretty well with yeah. what you were doing with your yeah, guitar. Yeah. Like I don't know if you were like running through bass amps or whatever you were doing, but you know you you were filling up that that yeah. sonic space yeah, yeah. in a different way, uh, which I always thought was very interesting. But uh, and obviously, you know, did, you know,
4: did you just reach a point where you were like, well, we just gonna kind of have to get a bass player now because I can't do this all by myself? Or I think a lot. I, numerous reasons that definitely being one of them yeah. um but it was never our gimmick like people have come no. up to us and be like oh yeah you guys know basis yeah like that's cool yeah like why did you choose that It was really don't just so that's how it started and i mean it's thoroughbred you know from yeah. west country yeah. myself and andy the drummer started it in my parents attic mm. and yeah so it's quite a pure thing in that sense just guitar and drums Mm -hmm. hashing out and seeing what happened and then a vocalist came in and we uh recorded some tunes and played some song um played some shows and we were like this is cool and then things started rolling and we just didn't really have time to step back and be like what would a bassist well I mean we'd never like drew the lines like yeah we would never have a bassist I think it was probably always on the cards and now moving forward I'm writing probably slightly more technical or interesting stuff, which requires me to not just be playing power chords. Because you know you're going to I be know. able to play it. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. That's, yeah that and that's
4: sense. basically it, really. Fortunately, the bassist who has joined us, a guy called George, he's also extremely musical, um, so he hasn't just brought the bass to the table, he's brought yeah, like, yeah. a vibe and like a creativity, which is like really nice to have.
1: Another space in the car, though, isn't it? True. <laughs> True. <laughs>
4: Yeah, Those big bass amps Yeah, He's, uh, he's got a Sans amp for those oh, sweet. We can okay. to bring an entire bass No that's rig. cool but They, I used they to, d- work well I, My
1: first job was a bass player And I just used to turn up and ask really kindly If I could just plug straight into the PA yeah. And sound members used to get really pissed off at yeah. me But I just, yeah. I'd just i refuse to buy an amp yeah. cause <laughs> Why? Because uh, bass amps are big and heavy And also I just I don't need anything like my I just wanted bassy bass. I did not really yeah, care. Yeah. Um, and a lot of sound men wouldn't like it coming out of the PA because it, it, it sort of you know it could Takes potentially over. blow it up or yeah, something. Sort of yeah. And it's not it's not very like you can't really control it. No. Um, and you have to have it coming out of the monitors yeah. so that you can yeah, hear yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I was just I just like being a pain in the ass. And yeah. I also was
4: really lazy and really poor. So. <laughs> I always yeah. just thought it was because every bassist wanted something like a an Ampeg SVT, and that's like an yeah. absolute. Well, I always did. But, yeah <laughs> uh, you know. It's yeah. what, a six foot tall speaker and head, and yeah, but nobody you... can afford one, and nobody can transport. Exactly. One. It's or it's afford the like, transport. That's
1: why I don't play the drums because it'd just be a yeah. pain in the fucking ass. Yeah. yeah. I remember when you told me you were
0: getting a bass player. It for me that was more like dramatic than getting a female singer. Yeah. Like because yeah, well, when, yeah. when you talking about the theme, what's what's her name? Again? Christy. 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 When Christy. Christy when when you told me that it was like oh wow that's really different and i'm really looking forward to seeing that yeah whenever you got the bassist it was like that's i don't know why but that just something's gonna change yeah yeah. and then i saw you again and it was like it was really awesome and it but it was it was a different beast in a way i felt like which you kind of told me about beforehand it was you know that you had different ideas since you started but like it was um yeah it was you sort of changed gear basically
4: yeah definitely i think um when we were playing really frantic sort of 80s hardcore influenced punk it was easy to just be like drums and guitar full volume like I wasn't using any effect pedals I was literally going straight into my amp and it was just cranked up and me and Andy were going mad and that was like the thing and it was cool but then you know you will eventually be like well maybe we can add some other elements here but it just came to a point where I was just playing every song all the time constantly and that's fun but We've always tried to be quite like a dynamic band, like we'll have like tension and then we'll have it like drop down. And and it's quite difficult, I think, to add that dynamic with just me playing Mm. essentially power chords as loud as I can to fill out the space. Mm. Same for Andy as well, you know, we'd be very reliant on big cymbals and yeah, just continually playing to fill because it's quite easy to feel quite naked. Yeah. But now the bass player's in, there's sort of like, yeah, almost like a cushion has appeared and like he's Mm. tight and so him and Andy can sort of just like jam together almost as me and Andy would but because the bass is sort of like so Andy's switched in a way in a way yeah yeah. yeah. though we'll have moments where we sort of all like converge into like a big groove or something which feels very much like how we used to do it
3: yeah
4: um but yeah it's now given me the option to like sort of fly off and do some weirder stuff which is is a lot of fun for me
1: yeah, it's gonna be like eight-minute guitar solos. Yeah, all yeah. of that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's never gonna be eight minutes, but I don't know, really. I mean, somebody once said, it's "Yeah, serious. you're quite a progressive." I was gonna say, "Are you gonna go progressive? punk?" Punk band? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, "That's like sounds quite pretentious," but I kind of like. Are that. there and progressive always, punk bands? I think there are. Yeah, yeah. but who's, who's, whether that's the progressive, progressive within. Well, Fugazi probably. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that
1: makes sense. And
4: they've always been like a big influence on me. Would they count as post rock? Because I still don't know what that is. I think they're always confused by post rock. I I thought Mogwai
1: were post rock. Yeah, that's what I.
4: It's. I didn't really know how it gets so confusing. Yeah. yeah. Because they call themselves post hardcore. Oh, okay. Which makes (laughs) which chronologically they are. Yeah, chronologically, yeah. yeah. And but any time post hardcore is mentioned, people think of. You know bands of like My Chemical Romance, and really, like all of those sort of early two thousands, oh, like right. emo. Cool. I call it emo? So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But chronologically, I think yeah. they are they are post-hardcore. Because
0: I, I remember loads of people describing Fugazi as like the first emo band, and then I heard them, and it was like I. I must be getting my genres mixed up because mm. this is not what it, I know emo to be.
1: Emo, is, it's a emo is like a different thing, thing. Yeah. when it yeah. first, yeah. Gap. when it first. Yeah, because I I read that band, like that band Cursive. Do you know them? Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. described as an emo band. Yeah. Like, one of like a yeah, like an emo band. They're so far removed from yeah. what I know emo yeah. to be.
0: Um, or maybe some, someone like Some record executive In like 1999 Just
4: decided This is what emo is Going to be called For the next yeah. five years And we're going to sell yeah, it like Or this it's probably You know A Rolling it. Stones article Bolled yeah. it on to One of these bands Yeah and exactly yeah. But yeah I think the actual uh, like Going back to the Chronological thing In like the late 80s There was a big movement In Washington DC Which is obviously Where Fugazi and Co mm. Were from And they were like We don't have to be part Of this like Violent hardcore punk scene yeah, where yeah. We can actually add Elements of like other emotion rather yeah, than just yeah. rage and we can write different songs and there was a single revolution summer and a lot of bands popped up around then and i think real musical nerds would be like that's the moment that emo first appeared yeah
3: right
4: mm. how did
1: you get how did you get into that kind of world because that's that's kind of how old are you if you don't know asking uh,
4: 29 just so yeah mm. so
1: that's you know you're quite young to be into that yeah. kind of scene i'm just interested to know like i think what were your points that kind of
4: dragged you into yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Was it a dissatisfaction with what was? No, it was never. It wasn't quite as heroic as that. I don't think it was. Um, it was it actually. It was probably. Um, I think I read an interview with um, someone from. Do you remember there was the band Boxcar Racer, yeah. which is yeah. a side project of Blink One Eight Two, and I read an interview in there where he said we wanted to try something different with this album um, and add in elements of. And then he listed bands like Fugazi and this yeah, yeah. I was like, who are these bands? And yeah, then I saw yeah, a picture yeah. of him. It may have been Kerrang, for like, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. But I remember seeing it. a picture on opposite the interview and he had a guitar. Mm. It was a, a Gibson 335, so like a semi-hollow yeah. body thing, which is pretty odd for like a punk band to be using. Mm. Um, and it, had, it was just covered in stickers and there was, like, yeah, Fugazi stickers and, like, Gorilla Biscuits and, like, hardcore bands from the late 80s into the 90s. And I just started going through
3: that list mean. of stickers. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to point guitar. out
1: that, say, uh, like, £2,500 guitar probably yeah. that yeah, was yeah. stickers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he probably had many of them. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but, yeah, literally. That's cool. Yeah, checking that off a picture.
4: Yeah, reading yeah. off stickers from a guitar. Yeah. That's well, a that, awesome. I mean, like, that's... Just, that, it's nice
1: when you're kind of reading about someone else's influences and then they yeah, end yeah. up influencing you, that's
4: kind of... I mean, yeah, oddly, I probably... his influences influenced me more than he did. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. isn't that weird? <laughs> but kind of cool, because yeah. I think when you're 14, 15 and listening to sort of whiny American punk, yeah, it's it's fine, but they, uh, there's a point where it's like, wow, well, I'm maybe craving something a little more now. Or... Isn't
1: it odd how, because I, I think I... Definitely, I mean, I remember, like, in Green
4: Day when mm-hmm. I was, like, yeah, yeah. 11, 12. That was my first ever gig. Yeah? First, well, gig that I wanted to go to, if that makes sense. Were they good? They were very good. What
1: kind of era Green Day was that?
4: Early 2000s. So that's, like, what, what sort of... American April? Idiot? Be like sort of Between the... Uh, was it American Idiot? I can't what was, remember what else they had. No, I think Maybe it was after that. Was I think that, it was yeah. just... Ameri- it may have been the American Idiot tour. So, right. for me, it was, like, just before they went full...
1: Opera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I did that. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they are like a joke now, Green yeah. Day. I find them... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching one of those. I don't know if you ever watched those, um uh, like, rig rundown things yeah. on, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, they did one for Green Day, and it was just the most ridiculously over-the-top stage show I think I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. It's literally... It's like a musical, yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, it is, though,
4: isn't it? Yeah. They literally, they literally yeah. have... Like numerous musical albums, yeah, now, <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's so ridiculous. But I, I, it's funny, isn't it? How because I think I got into Dookie when I was about, like, yeah, yeah like I mean, that's 10 classic, or something, yeah. Album. And it was amazing when yeah. it came out. Yeah, yeah. And I remember it being like the first record I bought that had like swearing on it and stuff. So I thought, and I thought I was like a punk, yeah. yeah, yeah. But. And I, and I would never pull out Dookie now. Yeah. I, really? Know, uh, not really, no. I think because of what Green Day have become, yeah. and I would probably be I do not like to draw a
4: line. Be like, I can still like... Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm mean, i being a snob. <laughs> I'm being a Green Day snob. They,
4: did but... you see... Was it this year? No, last year now. Last year, Record Store Day, they re-released... Well, not re-released, but they released the live... Performance of them at Woodstock, '94. Yeah, it Oh, the mud. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. iconic. The, yeah. like, you can hear the mud like slapping yeah. around on stage just taking it for And it is, when I, when I listened to that, I was like, this is... I
1: suppose they were quite good, good. good, weren't they? Well, that's <laughs> the thing, because so, there are three guys yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. with
0: little to no... It's true, it's true. Because that's why my experience of Green Day is like American Idiot and yeah. then... Yeah, see, the
1: I, I was out of but it by even,
0: then. I mean, I was like 14 when that came out and even then I was like, oh, this you is pretty good. <laughs> and then like but then I saw you know I never like bought it but I was just like oh they're alright and then I just completely kind of averted my gaze from punk immediately after that and gone into like
1: post-punk basically yeah. well, what I liked about it is it maybe but then me... loads of
0: people still say Dookie is like fucking amazing well, like, I, it was a seminal I, album I like, started it changed to a the, lot of shit
1: I started listening to The Clash because I'd listen to like Green Day and Ramones yeah, yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah. and they were talking about the Clash. Yeah. I was like, I think my dad likes the Clash. Which, you that's know? Which I would still listen yeah. to the Clash now. You know, I like yeah, I still put sure. Clash records on. 40th anniversary of uh, London Calling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a great record, um, but I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't listen to a Rancid album yeah, yeah. now.
3: Yeah. But <laughs> that's sort of like
4: similar to how I saw his influences and went yeah. back. Yeah, sure. And then we actually find that where they're pulling their influences. Maybe mm. has more sustenance than yeah. I suppose it's a natural thing. It's probably like one
0: of the only truly like retrogressive mediums in that you are basically well, unless you are deliberately not looking back. But I don't think there's many bands or artists that are like you are basically mining what's come before you to try and make something yeah. interesting. And like yeah, with yeah. things like, uh, I mean, film does it a bit, but it's quite easy to well, you can just make something completely different with film and with writing you are just kind of striving Mm. like a book you're striving for like whatever's in your head but with music i think it's yeah you're you're basically basing what you are making on what you have heard and that's come before you and that's going to make what's after you so it's this constant propulsion but based on history but yeah like i i I think it's completely normal to do that like i didn't really listen to i remember being a teenager in like the mid 2000s and literally hating everything i was hearing Mm and just listen to the fall game of four because yeah, yeah. it was like, yeah, well, this is literally better than what's on the now. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, exactly,
4: yeah. Love that guy. a couple of days ago. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Um, but yeah, I think... Well, because I wanted to... Sort of tying into that, it's um, I've had discussions with a few people recently about just how nostalgic our generation is, mm. like to the point of ridiculousness. Yeah. I mean, maybe every generation is a bit like that as well, but there's just a the point now, like... With bands we're playing with, and, and film and art and other things, mm. it's you know it's remakes. It's it's always been scared of the future. How close can we get to ripping off our favorite band yeah. and releasing it without you know? It's just like them actually suing us, yeah. but not not to the point where it's like in a sort of malevolent way, but just like mm. they're just desperate for something that is no longer. Yeah, yeah, I get Nostalgia that. Is yeah. such yeah. a big, yeah,
1: such a big thing these days. But,
4: yeah, but even not, for art, like why, why, why for a. Uh, why for now? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because
0: I also remember, like, my dad telling me in this... Not really in the 60s, but in the 70s, he would go and see every single band going. Because he could, because he was, like, in the Bath Forum. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's played there. Yeah. So he saw Led Zeppelin, like, twice and just everyone. But, like, I don't think he was really consuming stuff from, like, his grandparents or his parents' generation, because yeah. there wasn't really anything for yeah, him yeah. there. Music almost... Well, popular music that ilk really started like with the 60s and then no one really listened to Cliff Richard after that it was just okay what's going to happen now but then at some point in the last 20 years or longer it's kind of really slowed down to where we're now just kind of archiving everything that's come before in the last 40 50 years which is kind of weird Mm. like there's not this great push to make something new yeah unless you're in like I don't know electronic music well yeah everybody
4: would well a lot of people argue now that that is the the cutting edge of yeah. music sort of weirder electronic music some maybe like progressive hip hop and like yeah, new yeah. jazz stuff is maybe like if yeah. you want really weird different sounding music yeah. Yeah.
0: that's where you'd go actually saying that a lot of hip hop now doesn't really sound like like Run DMC or anything no, <laughs> there's, there's that, no sort that of is of just a far cry from yeah, like Sugar yeah. Hill Gang there's, there's, there's no like aggression in it yeah, that yeah. I can see I well, mean maybe, maybe there is but I can't really detect it Whereas if you listen to something from the '80s, it, it really sounds like from a different yeah, world. For sure. Like,
4: I saw a meme the other day. I can't remember. It was essentially saying that modern day hip hop is the new emo because
3: okay. <laughs> the lyrics are so
4: self depreciating and yeah, and, yeah. And, and sad. Yeah. Whereas as opposed to my
2: dick's big, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> as opposed to
4: essentially gangster rap, it's it's, it's pretty yeah. Yeah. Because there was like a, from a period, probably from the late '80s all the way to the mid 2000s, where that's basically what rap was. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. Pretty, absolutely. Pretty questionable lyrics and <laughs> mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's yeah, it's entering an interesting new. But yeah, I'm unsure why or how this has happened. Have you ever been tempted by? Um Sort of mixing
0: hip hop in with what you're doing because I know you're interested in the whole like the Beastie Boys instance yeah, yeah. like that. It does the punk
1: yeah, yeah. and the hip hop worlds do true, well together. Thing. Yeah,
3: Absolutely. I mean they, Beasties they did as a hardcore band. They did, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: they did. Yeah. I, that's like my reference point for any sort of forgot, proper hardcore punk. Yeah, Beastie Grand Yeah, Grand Royale. yeah. Uh, that's like that's my entry point. I mean, I do like Fagazi and stuff, but uh, you know, when the Beasties did punk, yeah, that's that's my heart. That's my hardcore it hardcore good as well. like, Yeah, you know.
4: Um, maybe a bit sick of it all. Would you like sick of it yeah, all? Yeah. I was sort of New York, well. New yeah. York style. I like that. Would you ever be tempted to include it? I mean, the newer song has
2: lyrical ra- delivery <laughs> that sounds
4: like it could be. It's very percussive. yeah. But but no, it's not like it would fit. It will fit perfectly into what we're doing. But yeah. mm-hmm. it's not like a f- you know, it's not a million miles away. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like the New York thing is because New York and LA or sort of the birthplaces of hip hop yeah. as they were being born so was that hardcore punk thing like yeah. the punk scene was just ending hip hop had sort of just I think somebody was saying like I have a book which is the breakdown of hip hop like day by day almost in, really? its, in it's very early days and it's mm. things like when The Clash took Grandmaster Flash on tour and yeah, this yeah. is seen as like the moment that yeah. the mm. nation um, I think it was America actually we're exposed to rap and yeah. how it can sound. And, yeah. And it's just like these little things
0: happen. And but then there must have been something that The Clash saw in him that was like, yeah, this would
4: definitely go well with what yeah. we're doing. Well, I think No one were, else was saying they that. They were big into reggae influences. Yeah, that's so true. Perhaps Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of... That. Yeah. I mean, they all grew up in... Bri- well, they all lived in Brixton. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of West Indian culture and... Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting because you'll read accounts of the New York hardcore scene in the late 80s where they'll say there was nowhere for us to play hardcore or punk and there was nowhere for them to play hip hop. So Mm. we just played on the same bill. I remember when we were first, well, when we first worked together and we were
0: hanging out and we were talking about, we were talking about scenes quite a lot. Mm. And that's something that I think we sort of bonded over because it was the recognition of like how if you have whatever can be described as a scene in one place or even over a few places, it kind of like... It can, I don't know, I think it gives you some sort of solidarity almost, yeah, yeah. and it allows you to sort of express yourself, knowing, like, there are going to be some people who are going to get what I'm saying, yeah. and what I'm doing, and I can flesh out ideas a bit more, like, I mean do you think we even really have scenes now, in
4: that way, or is it too disparate and I don't know, it's it's because I think well, the internet now exists, yeah, and that's that, sort that of, is the big scene, yeah, everybody's on that scene, but it's Yeah, so when I grew up it was listening to that sort of angsty punk music and mm. skateboarding which sounds like the biggest cliche saying that out loud but it it, it was but and I very it. specific people would do those things Yeah, yeah um, But now skateboarding is sort of like lo- I know loads of people that skateboard mm. but before would probably have no association with that and yeah. its influence on well, influence from the internet yeah. has done, like, massive things. Like, yeah, I think I think scenes definitely do still exist, but the internet has, like, hopefully opened a lot of minds. Yeah. So it's less yeah. cliquey, maybe? Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, it's probably just as cliquey, but now people just have a broader... It's probably
0: easier to get out the cliques now, though, because I remember reading about how punks in the 70s and 80s were like it almost immediately getting angry that like people would turn up to their gigs with
1: like staples through their ears and like yeah, they yeah. just weren't punks yeah, it's yeah. like well yeah. <laughs>
0: that's you know like this isn't really a scene anymore yeah. this is just like a fashion thing
1: yeah. so it's a bit easy going isn't it a staple through the <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> ears. Yeah. that's how you join the scene yeah. yeah. i've got, a, I got a bulldog clip on my, on my nose yeah
0: but like because i suppose it's always like the fight between having like purity in a way mm. but then i don't know it's like it's all—it's almost like because again it's like looking nostalgically back on this like referencing the book our oh, band could be your life mm. which was like i and mean it's quite a that. big touch point for we, us like this is how scenes work yeah like this is how you can very, yeah very express yourself effectively but like i mean i remember reading that and thinking this would have been so fucking fun to be a part of, like so inspiring. And I can't really, I couldn't put my finger on why I
1: couldn't think it could happen now. Yeah. Yeah. I I have never in all my years playing music, I've never been part of a scene and there's definitely been some sort of scene going on, Mm. but I've never been quite cool. I've never been in a band quite cool enough to be part Mm. of it. I don't really understand But then have you also resisted it? Um, Maybe a little bit. And maybe some of it's from not from being like a city from, yeah. you know from being from a city um but then you had like were you were you sort of in yoval a lot for music because you yeah when i was younger because that definitely because yeah be like, and there was like, a scene going on but we were not a punk band we were like a like right. fucking indie rock band yeah and we were just overweight and didn't wear the right jeans <laughs> and didn't you know it was all the emo thing yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, bit yeah. of emo you yeah. know yeah. the later emo thing yeah we weren't cool enough for that and then the same thing with twin Falls it was like there was something going on in bristol that there always is obviously but it's really kooky mm. and although we like we play there a lot and stuff but we just were not part of it mm. but i don't really know anything like that those things can have like bad bad effects mean, yeah. like, you know negative yeah. effects because it does sort of People get a bit insular. Like you get, you get big in your scene, big in your hometown, and then big fish in
4: a small pond. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and
1: it's it's actually pretty bad for those
4: bands to never fall out of that. I I think think. one thing we realised quite early on is like, as nice as it is to be from the southwest and from Froome, Mm. getting out as quickly as possible is Mm. the key to like flourish. Because otherwise, you will be boxed in, and not that. It was sort of also because there was no real scene here. Yeah. But, yeah, getting getting out and about is definitely key. And well, you got
1: out because you managed to get to America, so
4: that's <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah. pretty far. It's quite, yeah. What was that tour like? And that, was that kind of like totally off your own backs or did you have yeah. some, some kind yeah, of agent? Yeah. it was... Um, how the hell did you just book a load of American dates off your <laughs> own backs?
4: Uh, basically... Um, I discovered a band uh, from America, I can't remember how, popped up on YouTube, I think, literally, mm. called Dive Bomb. And they had this mad video, and it was the perfect crossover of rap, hip-hop, mm. and sort of punkier, metal, hardcore sound. Worked really well. And um, I was like, these guys are great. Um, you know, with the American acts and stuff, it's just perfect. Anyone that tries to in this country, it's just a massive failure. And they, just, <laughs> they just nailed it anyway. They were from Ohio. They are from Ohio. And um, I sent it to Andy, the drummer, and he was like, this is great, I'm going to play it on the radio show. Yeah, He was running it for him, FM for yeah. a bit. And he plays it, and he just tagged him in it. It's like playing this tune. Yeah, And they reached out to saying thanks, and they shared the link. And we then found their social media. It's like, oh, no, they're not a massive band. Right. They're a small band. They've yeah, been yeah. around a year longer than us. Oh, okay.
3: yeah.
4: um, and we spoke on social media and had a few back and forths and they said, oh, we've got, we've got three songs or, yeah, we've got a couple of songs and we were wondering if you want to do a split release. Wow. So they were like, yeah, okay, let's, you know, go to our respective writing spots, mm-hmm. write, write three tracks each, push yeah. them together, release it on a cassette, old school, yeah. make it like a hip-hop mixtape.
3: Yeah.
4: And that's sort of how the artwork was all inspired. Mm. And... Um, yeah, we just did it, and then a couple of months later, they were like, "We're going to book a US tour. Do you want to come?" And obviously, we were like, "Damn right, we want to come." <laughs> 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 and that's literally it. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's mad. It's it's all back to that nostalgia thing, though. Like the tape. Like we wanted to make a hip hop mixtape yeah, yeah. it looks like it would be would have fit in perfectly in that late '80s New York scene. So we had all the artwork made and the layout was like just put just references on references Mm. and their music like i mentioned was sort of the 90s new york hardcore thing so it's a bit rappy a bit more metal yeah ours is a bit more mid 80s like black flag bad brain style and we just yeah met in the middle and it just came together. And it was I think yours was recorded in a really good studio as well, wasn't it? It was yeah, recorded. Yeah. At a, a
1: re- there was like a really good studio. There was one. Yeah, yeah there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that fuck <laughs> happened to
4: that. I think its <laughs> uh, soul lives on. Yes, it's in it this does. room, I it,
1: think and there are, there are items
4: from said studio in this room. Yeah. Yeah, we recorded at your studio. Yeah, we recorded that EP at your studio. There you go. Not not the Rest with me, in peace. Uh, but, um, yeah, space wolf. But yeah, you were in and out, I think. I was in and out. I was probably
1: changing a light bulb or something. <laughs> <Tinkering>. <laughs> Actually, do you know what I remember? Um, I remember that you guys created. Uh, I bought a. I was on a date, and I think Ben asked me to come and just like give him this cable or something. So I made the date come to the studio, and you guys yes. had created this lovely little atmosphere. Yes, And I Ben was just, just about to do his vocals, right? But she was quite. She was a nice girl, but she was quite sort of prim and proper. And, she, and I was like, I just want to come. I, also, I was being a bit of a dick. I was like, Do you want to come see my recording? studio you I know, <laughs> you know, just, I just got to call in a minute, love. You know, I was being a prick. Um, and she came in and she just was like, Oh, this is really cool. And you'd set up like your your, your sick ones flag and, and stuff, like up you, the you banner, do, you yeah, know, yeah. and. Um, and then Ben started shouting, and she just kind of went <laughs> and ran off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did you ever see her again after that? Uh, oh, maybe She's a still couple of times. On. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's. Uh, well, we were actually talking about it the other day, actually, because we were, when we knew that we were going to interview uh, you, uh, whether um, we were talking about bands that had changed their singer mm. and carried on, mm. and then we were discussing whether anyone had changed their singer. Yeah and it had been someone from the opposite sex from the previous singer and why that was interesting mm. and whether it'd been done before mm. and like how the hell that works yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms of, so did Ben write all the lyrics and, and you wrote the music when, when Ben was in the band? Yep. Essentially. And now it works the same way with Christy, yep, right? Essentially. Yeah. So yeah. So are you doing some of Ben's songs still? Are you still uh, doing some of those? We or?
4: have chosen the songs that we are most proud of musically. Right. Um, they also happen to be the ones that like resonated with people best, probably just okay. because they are better songs, yeah. And that's why we want to keep them. And yeah, so Christy's doing her twist on them. Twist on the them. Yeah, the yeah, lyrics yeah. haven't changed, and um, we have dropped some songs that were like quite personal to Ben, sure, just because okay. for respect, it's more yeah, than yeah, anything, yeah,
3: sure.
4: Um, and yeah, and now we so we have a new version of older tunes. Uh, with Christie's vocals and now a bass mm.
3: um,
4: and then we have so half the set's that and then the other half of the set is new songs that we've written with Christy mm. so yeah it's sort of a we're in a like a bridging period at the moment whereas I think the aim would be to slowly move into all new songs sure um, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah. But I, yeah I just think it's like it's a it's an interesting thing that yeah. you because uh, I always think of um, this is going to sound really cliche but I always think of like you know, the voice is like just another instrument. Yeah, yeah. It's up like the timbre yeah. and the delivery yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So if you uh change to a female vocalist, you've immediately got like a completely different instrument than yeah. you had before. Yeah. Um particularly with what you're doing mm-hmm. because the way that Ben was yeah. shouting that stuff out yeah, is gonna yeah. be totally different, yeah. you know? Um it sounds fucking great, yeah. But it's it's just like a different thing and yeah, it's yeah. like I I think no one would have been surprised at all if you had done that and completely changed your name and just said yeah. oh a different band yeah. you know yeah. it's just really interesting
4: you didn't yeah. you know it's like uh, it's it's I think we were at a period just before Ben left and before we moved towards Christie where we where myself and Andy definitely me were trying to write new uh, different music mm. with a bit more. We sort of call it like new wave fueled hardcore now. It's like I've been listening to like so much stuff from the '80s that isn't. Hardcore punk, basically. I, I don't listen to it that much of it, if I'm honest. You're listening to shoegaze quite a lot then, yeah. Right? Sort yeah. Of, so, shoe, yeah, things like My Bloody Valentine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. loads of Jane's Addiction, loads of Talk Talk, mm. loads of you're talking my, yeah. my era now. So, basically, <laughs> I, I've been here, we go. <laughs> <laughs> listening to all of that. Still, like, you know, healthy doses of Fugazi and stuff, um, and yeah. So, yeah, we were moving, as Ben left, we were moving towards different music anyway. Sure. And um, it seemed, we, me and Andy had the discussion whether it's like, is this worth continuing? Um, you know, what do, what do we have left? Is like there are any rounds left in the chamber? Mm-hmm. And we had one song that is now the track Exit Years. And... Um, we had jammed that quite a few times. We'd even played it a few times with Ben and he he didn't really have any vocals for it at this point, but we were working on it. Mm. Um. So, yeah, it sort of happened all at the same time, really. There was a point where we wanted to write some newer, different music. Ben was stepping away to do other things. Christy was stepping in and it sort of slotted together in this... As, I think as good as it could have been, really, for, like, I what like, could have been a pretty yeah. rocky transition period. It was yeah. relatively smooth and easy. Christy had known us for years before. She's a promoter. Um, she'd also done some vocals in other punk bands. So it just sort of made sense, really. And it just Ooh. slotted together. I have a really vivid memory of seeing her
0: first gig with you in that barbershop. <laughs> At the barbershop, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> on Cheap Street. And it was like... Was it Cheap Street? No, Catherine Hill, sorry. Yeah, and... Yeah. Um, like, because I'd seen you guys play a few times before, not enough actually, I would definitely see you guys play more. And they, um, a lot of people there were like fans, and they, we were all kind of like chatting before the gig because it was small enough that like they were probably, you know, it, you could talk to everyone there basically. Yeah. And like, it was like, yeah, how is this gonna work in a way? Like, okay. what, what's gonna happen? And then, as literally as soon as she started singing, because I take when I'm at gigs, I tend to like look at other people a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was literally a sense of like, oh no, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. no one even really questioned it after that. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird how, because then us talking about like, but it is different in a way. But then it yeah. kind of isn't. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it just as long as it's the right singer, it works. And you could yeah. tell she like loved those songs as yeah. well because yeah. they were like the older songs. Yeah. She, she was really she, going yeah, for it. Yeah, that was
4: because so, fortunately you know. she knew us before. Yeah, because yeah. we we had a, a period where yeah, so we knew we had some songs um, and we wanted to release them. And I think Andy, he's Andy's a big sort of like continuity guy. So he likes mm. to like complete the cycle and like have you know um, themes running through stuff and little things that appear on each EP. And he said, yeah. well, if you know we do these last few songs and then that's it, then so, so be it. But there's at least one song here that we should yeah. push forward under sick ones. Yeah. Um, so we did, and um, yeah, it sort of it just sort of worked. Really, it was trying to write a song that transitioned almost yeah because yeah like i was saying listening to all of that sort of 80s i'm not really sure how to describe it but i feel a lot of those bands have like a a general feel about them yeah a lot of 80s bands that was when they're still using drum kits as opposed to you know drum machines yeah but yeah there's a there's a feel there that i wanted to try and capture Mm. because it was running parallel to a lot of the Bands that I'd been pulling influence from originally Yeah But, but I mean going back to the scene thing Yeah Because I didn't Because it sort of appeared like You mentioning your studio You know that that was like the moment where There really was like a cool scene Not that there isn't anymore But you know you had the studio And like we had a band And you had like a cool creative space And it was not in some city Owned by a load of people that we don 't really know mm. I um, mean it was it was in wells,
1: but in a
3: way isn 't that yeah. like yeah more, I mean that was interesting
1: uh, that was that was the idea of it yeah. uh, I, th- I think it 's probably still hopefully going mm. that way as well, mm. um, keeping in touch with you know Ben and that who are, are running it now, but yeah, that was the general idea that' mm. it's just kind of like I think I know enough people that uh, Will be interested in this and can make this their yeah, home, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Um, I mean, we went there
4: three, four times. Yeah. You, when yeah, you was were, were still running it, you were a repeat customer. Yeah. So, mm. so you had you made the scene basically because there was a point there where we had this, you connected to the studio. We had some friends in Bristol. We were you know, making our own music videos and, and everyone was sort of intertwines. You know, it's like that degrees of separation thing. That's yeah. basically as close as you're going to get to the scene, I think. I in the you West know. Country, anyway. You're right. I never thought about you it. You were a catalyst,
1: Luke, without even realising Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, and now it's way too late. Why does the catalyst never get rich off it as well? Yeah. That's it. That's the I, idea. it has I mean, to be. If anything, it costs cost me a lot of money. rich <laughs> off it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone probably is. <laughs> Who's getting rich off of this? Um oh well, thank you man that's very kind of you to say That's made me really but yeah sad.
4: it's important um, things like that are important and yeah. like just mm. the fact that you were willing to go, well, I go think that, in on it
1: I was just about to say that's the thing isn't its is, it's someone taking a punt on something yeah. whether that's a venue like opening up a venue yeah, yeah. or even like starting to promote gigs yep, yep. in the right way yep. as in you know doing it properly not to try and make a buck or two because we all know that that's just like the wrong way to yep. do it
4: and often um, ends in tragedy yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs>
1: um but yeah, someone taking a punch yeah. on it's a brave thing—a load of bands is a brave thing, and that's how anything works, you know. Have you seen? Um, there's a film. I think it's just called CBGB um, on, obviously CBGBs. Um, it's really good. Actually, I've been trying to get it. Not, not a documentary, like no, it's, no. It's, I think it's um,
4: it's Alan Rickman. I think I have yeah. seen the trailer, but I have not. It's seen It's really it. good.
1: Um, so yeah, it's about how that club just accidentally obviously became yeah. you know this sort of uh you know talking heads and television yeah, yeah. and, um, yeah, yeah. and patty smith um but completely by accident yeah. because it just happens to be that yeah. television turned up one day and wanted a gig yeah. and this guy yeah. hilly crystal yeah. was like oh this is i, I don't really like this mm. but i know that this is something i've never heard before yeah. and it's kind of interesting and then talking heads like turn up it's like oh this is kind of similar um i love it. it's like a kind of there's a catalyst in the centre of the story, who is kind of almost a bit like, it's a bit like the um, Tony Wilson thing, where he's kind of completely not connected to any of it, and yeah. kind of not, is a little bit disinterested in yeah, all of it, yeah, yeah. but is actually the guy that's clever enough to go, oh well, well the, the kids detached. are liking this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? um, yeah. And can actually do something about it, because yeah. he's It's probably because they're not subjective
0: as well. Mm -hmm. So um, they're not, like, they can just, well, they can make a buck. And also they probably have an idea of, because they've, like, a lot of those sort of people have, like, run bars and things before, and it's like they know what people like, basically. Mm -hmm. They've got a much better idea than just
1: within a scene. But they're still taking a massive punt, because the thing that happens with the the scene, you know, the, the scene in the film, I mean, with, like, television came in, and I think the audition for him... And all the rest of the people in the room are like, this is terrible, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be a blues club, you know? <laughs> what the fuck is this? But he sort of like, no, I mean, it is kind of terrible, but there's something really, really cool about this and just takes a punt, yeah, which yeah. is exactly what happens with Tony Wilson with like Happy Mondays. Yeah, yeah. With, like... They, I think, Happy Mondays played the Battle of the Bands at the they, Hacienda, they came last, and they came last. And <laughs> <laughs> they came last, and he signed them. Um, and
0: in twenty-four-hour and uh, party people, Sean Ryder was literally holding a piece of paper, just reading the lyrics.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> miracles. Good, good, do good double good. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, CBGBs, though. Is, yeah. How did they let that place close? I know it's just it's ridiculous. Mean, Yeah. You know, band, You know, Dylan and Co. Running through there early mm. in the early days. Yeah. all of those bands you just mentioned yeah. then the hardcore punk thing yeah. and the hip hop thing yeah you know Ramones is home essentially just so many bands and well,
0: it was like the Cavern that just got bulldozed
4: by somebody didn't it yeah and then rebuilt
1: and by yeah. brick by yeah. bricks, brick, brick and by bricks. bricks. <laughs> yeah. it's mad though I just That's don't I don't place. understand
4: because ZBD's recently as well it's in like yeah. the last yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah. I'm surprised somebody was why didn't Dave Grohl buy it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking Dave Grohl. Yeah. I mean, don't get me started. He bought that Dave fucking Gold. mixing desk. And yeah. <laughs> stuck it in. He's like, do
4: you know what I found funny
1: about that? I like, why didn't he buy Sound City? Yeah. What he did was he bought the board from Sound City and opened up. up his own yeah, studio. Yeah. It's like, why yeah. didn't he just buy did Sound he City? Did the
4: studio before? Or
1: Maybe, like but like, surely he would just buy Sound City and yeah. save Sound City. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it just seems a bit yeah. weird. To yeah. me. I mean, it's the same like, thing, isn't it? The albums yeah.
4: that recorded at Sound City yeah. are as worthy as all of those bands that went yeah. through CBGBs. Mm. So he just n- took the board.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
4: I
0: made a really long, boring film about. Took a bit. Of oh, I soul. quite
1: like the film.
4: Oh, no, the film's all right. Um, is I this a, which is what's the film it's, called? Uh, it's another documentary documentary. Uh, did which is really good. About documentaries about the documentaries are good. Is, it, good. is that the Food Fighters documentary?
1: No, it's the one. It's the one. Um, it's kind of like about the history of music in America.
4: Yeah, Is a multi. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so see by see. So like, he goes to Washington and does like. There is one about Sound City, though, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Then there's a film about Sound City.
1: The thing I didn't like about the um, the series, you know, the episodic Mm. one. Was um, the last 10 minutes. I know exactly was, what you can say because it's the um, reason I didn't like yeah. it. <laughs> the like, last 10 minutes get... was, yeah. was the Foo Fighters doing their latest single oh, <laughs> in that city. No and the best, oh, the thing I really liked about it was it just highlighted how bad some of Dave Grohl's lyrics are <laughs> because there was like a bit, I can't remember, I think it might be like the, Na- would it be the Nashville one or maybe the, maybe it was the New Orleans one mm. where someone's talking about, oh, we didn't have guitars. He's talking to some old boy and he's talking about like in the 40s or something we didn't have guitars so we used to play like um, a broom handle with a bit of string yeah, yeah, and then Dave Grohl's writing a song later on and he goes
2: broom handle with a bit of string <laughs>
1: <laughs> something like that and you're like oh fucking hell like, he's basically think, just rounding up the episode it must be a <laughs> <inevitable. laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah really really bad. I used to switch off for the last 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> I, think, great. I
3: think
4: people yeah. might Turn you know, people love Dave Grohl. They, they, do, they pray at the font of Dave Grohl. They and do. I think we can't go too far into that, but I completely <laughs> agree with you. Yeah, and uh, we can discuss. He's a great
1: drummer. Well,
3: yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Did you like Nirvana? Because I was always a little bit, little bit yeah, different. I than think Nirvana, Nirvana but, are great. Yeah.
4: But, I mean, Nirvana is great because of Kurt Cobain, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Dave Grohl is a is a good drummer, but possibly also the most overrated drummer. Right. Ooh, interesting. I mean. I mean, I'm not. That's not. You can get yourself into as hot water as you like. Uh, When the Foo Fighters next play the cheese and grain and ask you to uh, support, I
1: think
4: the love that he has received is understandable, but has also now warped people's idea of what. of how good he is. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've sort of cursed in a way because I've grown up in a house where my brother and dad are both. Pretty good drummers and jazz drumming influence. So okay. it's technicality and yeah, yeah, you know, feel and dynamics. And, and then you bring on audio. not just about yeah, <laughs> and then not just about smashing. Dave everything. Grohl
1: is yeah, it's it. it he is just he's nailed that smashing. The but shit, also, I mean. he does it pretty solidly. Yeah, um, I think
4: uh, I don't know. Through childhood, growing up with Led Zeppelin, nobody can touch John Bonham. Yeah, John Bonham. So once. You know that's basically what Dave Grohl does, isn't it? Really, yeah. John Bonham. Again,
1: I was always a weird one with Nirvana because I I had an older brother, so I'd got into the Pixies before I got into Nirvana. Okay. So, and knowing that, you know, Nirvana, like, especially like Kurt, was just all about oh, we're just ripping off the Pixies. Yeah, yeah. And they were. Yeah. <laughs> so it was always <laughs> kind of like I could just listen to the Pixies. Yeah. I've actually since gone back and kind of like i appreciate a neutron now yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah
4: i i so like, like it i like i like the stories with yeah. their albums as well like when steve albini gets involved yeah because mm, he's insane and yeah. you know <laughs> refusing to go back with a major producer yeah. and going with someone real mad because they produced black flag once or something yeah. it's yeah. like that's not how you sell albums yeah no and, it, and them doing it anyway yeah i like that a lot i think that's good but that's Back to that book, um, How mm. Band Could Be Your Life. Mm. That book essentially ends the end, the end paragraph yeah. is and then Nirvana broke. Yeah. And yeah. and when I was reading it, I was like, This is so, you know cool.
3: Yeah.
4: And mm. then I thought about it for a minute, it's like but think of all of the bands before that yeah, did the heavy lifting. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You
3: were <won't laughs> The like really Nirvana. heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
4: No, definitely. And not, not to take anything away from Nirvana, I think, like, everybody, you know, thinks that they're essentially, they are a great band and everybody enjoys them, and rightly so. Like, they hit that zeitgeist at the perfect point in yeah. the early 90s. But, yeah, the bands before are almost, you know, it's like, it's evolution, basically. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah. That book is like,
0: like, in my head, I've got this sort of... Um, sort of venn diagram of all the music i've listened to and then all the bands i've listened to from them so right at the beginning it's probably like joy division yeah. when i was 15 yeah. and then it's just trickled down from there and that book is like quite a hefty chunk yeah. out of it like yeah. i mean i basically listened to half the bands I think, it's, I think it covers 13 bands yeah and about four or five of them i became pretty into yeah. and one of them is my favorite band yeah. It, still my yeah, yeah band. definitely and
1: it's like, I like that you like The Minutemen because you're know. like the only person the other yeah. person I know, I know. you like might really be the really only person
4: man. I know yeah. that is like will say The Minutemen are yeah. i like, yeah. oh, there. like yeah. still favorite. My favorite. and that's yeah. In, yeah. that's important for sure but like yeah I don't know anyone apart from the Jackass theme yeah yeah,
3: yeah. 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 and that no, really sucks like, so
0: much because whenever people ask who they are it's like you know Jackass yeah, yeah, yeah. that's them and it's like that's not even them that's like one of that's one of their good songs it's the Diggly isn't it it's like 10, 20 years after the main guy died but I I saw a guy in London when I was at uni, walked down the street in a Minutemen t-shirt and it was like... I know. This, was, this was kind of before, like... I feel like if he was doing it now, he would definitely be a hipster. He yeah, wouldn't know who they were. Sure. But I feel like at the time, he was a
1: Minutemen fan. Yeah, yeah. And I was so kind of like, oh, fuck, I need to meet that yeah. guy. But that's just going to be weird. Speaking of band shirts, yeah, you've done a very good job of yes, you have. Like, getting this brand out.
3: Because, <laughs> oh, man,
1: I see them everywhere. Yeah, I see... Yeah. I really, really do. It's yeah. a very recognisable thing that logo we you've got. It at home. And you really have done a very... I mean, you've, you've either just got loads of fucking mates who are, like, kind enough to buy your T-shirts. Well, that's a good start.
4: <laughs> which is a great start. We, we stitch but, them in yeah. to the <laughs> T-shirt. You can never take this.
1: But, yeah, I see them, like, everywhere. And you've done a lot of different versions of, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've but seen, d- like, the, camo ones. Yeah, and I like, the same T-shirt. Yeah,
4: but, like, it's... Man, those you, camo ones. Yeah. But
1: you create a brand. <laughs> that's what you've done there. You've done a little yeah. marketing job of, like... That's actually very... It's really clever.
4: I think... Basically, my life has been sculpted by a series of quotes from other people, and one of them was, You don't even need to be much of a musician these days as long as you're a half savvy businessman. Yeah. And, yeah. Which is sort of sad in a way. Yeah. But no, so it works. You know you do it well. I still have uh, an original
0: DKW Tabasco <laughs> logo brand, which is. I think, I think they sued you. They? They, they tried
4: to. Yeah, cease yeah. and desist. Oh, I'm proud to have that. What's this?
1: I want to know the story.
4: I used to uh, run a skate brand. Um, I, re- I remember that, yeah. And uh, I had a, <laughs> a logo that ripped off Tabasco. Right, I I it like, on my laptop. Skate sauce, uh, like <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, yeah so like, cool. it was kind of funny, <laughs> right? And, and it was like it... brewed in the Southwest or something, and it was yeah. it was just an exact rip of a Diamond logo, right? And they were just like, yeah, take that, wow, then. don't do <laughs> that's that quite, anymore. That's quite impressive. Me. They first of all, they found me on Facebook personally, right? Yeah, right. And they they sent. I had like lots of you know, like uh Facebook requests come through. Sure. And I was ah like, oh, yeah. People from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Robots <laughs> just ignore
4: And then I had a missed... Ian hot sauce. I had, a, <laughs> had a missed call through Facebook. I, was like, I should probably get back to like what yeah They called you and I, I Facebook. And I spoke to a woman and wow. it was it That's was savvy. Great. It was great though, like experience. Oh yeah. The yeah. yeah. was, cool. it didn't even go to print. Like it was a couple of stickers. That's what I'm glad on. that was got out onto the internet and people were like, I oh, think gangers
1: cease and desist in any shape or form is quite an uh, yeah. achievement it was quite
4: know. nice actually because they, they called up and they were essentially like they asked a few questions quickly realised how small scale it was and they were like yeah they <laughs> <job. make> consoles. <laughs> I can't remember what the
3: <laughs> yeah
4: but you're not allowed to put this in for uh, what's it called the company is it the Mook McKenley, yeah. McKenley it's on like
0: something island yeah. Louisiana
4: yeah, yeah. it's really they, w- they basically gave me like this sort of default speech saying you know you have to yeah. stop doing this you're not allowed sure. to print this anymore you're not allowed to put it on the internet anymore please delete any reference yeah. but then they sort of finished it off by saying like we're sort of you <laughs> by know, the way we don't mean this we love you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. essentially it was like but we're sort of honoured that you decided to yeah, rip off the logo nice. for Escape skate brand that's really nice actually yeah. Yeah. and I was like yeah you know what you should have
1: done It's printed that cease and desist letter desist- on a T-shirt.
4: <laughs> yeah, that I would have signed. Send it back. I promise not to make it. Wow. It was. I pro- it was so. It was so small scale though. It's just, it was ridiculous. That's really cool. It's the point of like walking to the post office in town, yeah. like with my cease and desist letter <laughs> to send off, and you're like it was pretty surreal. Pretty surreal. You got yourself in some hot sauce.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So that was our interview with Charlie Jones West. That we was. talked for three hours there, Sean. We did. Um I had to, I had to edit that down quite a lot. Yeah. So I think we've probably got a part two. Yeah, I think we should. I reckon we'll, we'll a play a part stuff, two in a couple mm-hmm. episodes time, I reckon, because mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of good stuff in there. Mm. Thanks for coming down, Charlie. Yeah. Um In the second part, I think we talk more about scenes. Mm. Uh you could, and this is going to be a really good link, by the way. This is going to be some good podcasting I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about scenes, and I was thinking about uh, with most podcasts you have a collective noun that kind of um, describes the listeners. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know the Mark Maron one. He the, the what the, what the fuck yeah, podcast? Yeah. Uh, he he um, calls them fuckers. Mm-hmm. He goes all right, fuckers. You know, um, Adam Buxton calls them podcasts. <laughs> Um, so I was thinking we need a connective noun for all of our listeners, mm-hmm. and the only one I can think of is perverts. Okay. So, <laughs> so thanks for listening, perverts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. I'm going to play you my song about arty in a minute. Oh yeah, that's all right. Yes. Um, so we're going to do this new feature as we mentioned before, where mm-hmm. we set each other um, exercises in writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, There is actually a jingle for exercises in writing. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. Okay.
2: Exercises in writing
1: <laughs> This is good do you like that? so well. Yes? Do you like that? Yes I do. <laughs> All over this. Do you want to hear it again? Yes, please. Okay, here you go.
2: Exercises in writing.
1: That's the jingle. I say jingle. <laughs> Thank you very much to the lead singer of the uh Tinder Sticks for recording that for us. That's really great of you. Um <laughs> I am gonna play you my song about Artie. So we buried Artie last week, me and my ex girlfriend. Uh, it was quite symbolic. Um it was like burying our relationship. We buried him at Shearwater.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I wrote Artie on a tree next to where he's buried. I don't think it's legal to bury a pet I was thinking sheerwater. I don't yeah. think it is. But it, what what are they gonna do? I don't well, I don't know. Would they even know? Hopefully he's still there. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna play my song my song about Artie and um <laughs> What's it called? Um oh. Well, uh I think if I, I think it might just be called plate. <laughs> okay. Is he buried on a plate? <laughs> no. I you'll see what I mean in a minute, but if part of the challenge had been to get the word plate in mm. in a song as well as write a song about a dead hamster, <laughs> I think I've nailed it. I because I not. say the word plate six times. Wow, okay. Um and yeah. Okay. Uh, So um, I know, I probably won't call it plate. I'll call it something better. You didn't eat him, did you? No, 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 no. Um, Because actually that probably isn't illegal. No, it's not. I don't think it is anyway, especially Mm -hmm. not in Somerset. No? Yeah. Anyway, here's my song about Artie.
2: Artie tries to fit into his mouth Everything the bastards will throw This hero of the day Was always trying to get away But now you've seen your final song
1: That was beautiful. Thank
0: you. Yeah, that's the most beautiful song I've heard about a hamster.
1: Is it? Yeah. Even better than I can think of no other song. No, I about can't read it, but right I mean
0: I'm sure I've heard a few. No, that was uh, I mean, not many hamsters get a song written for them. That's true. So Actually. you know, he's a he's a lucky guy.
1: Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah.
0: All
1: right. Uh so I'm looking forward to your um story about short story about Martin Fowler. Martin Fowler,
0: yeah. I uh I watched a, a quite depressing film yesterday which I was I was hoping I would enjoy it a lot more but uh it was inside Lewin Davis
1: Oh I like that film
0: Yeah it is good I just, I felt quite sad afterwards actually mm. it was it's quite a sort of you know melancholic film and uh and I was home with the dog and uh yeah I just when I was outside uh scooping his shit from the garden to chuck <laughs> yeah. over the fence uh I just yeah I had the idea of what I'm going to write yeah, so, cool. As it often happens. I'm know? glad that
1: you with um, Ringo, whilst yeah. uh, you're doing that as well. Mm. Thanks for introducing us to Ringo earlier. By the That's way, all right. Yeah, by way yeah. of his online CV. Yeah. Um, I am wondering how long we can get away with um, that theme tune. <laughs> yeah. So if his theme tune has to change, it will probably be because Dennis Waterman yeah. has got in touch. That will um, be the reason. That I mean, will be, be the, the only the reason, reason we drop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, Dennis. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get him on. And then we'll get yeah. <laughs> He's a fantastic writer. He is. Yeah. He, yeah. he has he, man of many talents. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks, man. There uh, we go. And um, I think that's it. Cheers, perverts. Cheers, perverts. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>